One, two, is this on? Ha. Yo, Jimmy, hit me with that triple H. Welcome back everybody to Straight Outta Cloyne 2.0 with me, your host, of course, Joseph Dylan Tarl. It has been a minute, it really has. And to be honest with you, I don't know if I expected to be back this soon. Uh, I obviously did an episode explaining that I felt like I needed to take a little bit of time away from the podcast just to kind of, you know, assess where we were at uh, right now with the show and, excuse me, make some changes. Not editing that out. You're going to have to deal with my disgusting burp. <laughs> but I did uh, kind of come to the realisation that something needed to change with the podcast. And there's a lot of stuff happening in the background, including a new logo, which should be up very soon. Uh, but me and Alex have been collaborating a lot in the back, creating a new logo, coming up with some new ideas and concepts uh, for the rebrand of the show. And I'm very, very excited to share those details with you all very, very soon. But I thought this was a nice way to kind of bridge that gap because I have just done an excellent interview, if I do say so myself, with an excellent guest who uh, is someone who I've actually been talking about doing a podcast with for a while. Uh, he is a former Phoenix Wrestling trainee. He's one of the first people who I actually uh, became quite good friends with in the professional wrestling world. And he's just an all-round fucking great guy with a great story to tell. And um, as I say, we had an excellent chat. and I'm looking forward to sharing it with you all right now. He is the man, the myth, the legend, Ryan Bell. But as I like to call him, Eddie Nero. We talk about our time training together in Phoenix. He talks a bit about how he got into wrestling, the standard stuff that you ask on every pro wrestling podcast. Uh, talks about, you know, his journey developing that Eddie Nero character and just how he's been in general as well and uh, life after wrestling. But it's a, a really, really great conversation. Uh, really, really glad to get another interview done because obviously uh, that was the, the original plan this year was to get more and more interviews on here. And it just didn't bloody happen for some reason. But now we've got one and. Let me just tell you, it was worth the wait. Uh, it, it was just so refreshing to be able to have a conversation like this, reminiscing some great memories uh, over the last few years, and to catch up with an old friend who is... Uh, it's, it's great to see back you know, around the wrestling scene. Obviously, he was at the last RCW show in the crowd, and uh, he's just a guy who's beloved by everybody in the scene. And uh, as I say, really, really enjoyed this conversation with them. So enough of my chit-chat. Here is my interview with the legend himself, Ryan Bell, a.k.a. Eddie Nero. Hope you all enjoy. Right, we have a very special guest on the podcast this week. Uh, Someone who I have had some fantastic memories with in the wild and wacky world of professional wrestling and more particularly Irish wrestling. Uh, a lot of you will uh, know him as Ryan Bell, but I'm going to refer to him by the epic ring name of Eddie Nero. Welcome to the show, lad. Uh, hell, Jesus. That's a name. <laughs> That's a name I haven't been calling in a while. Thanks for having me. <laughs> hey, long, time, long time listener, first time caller. Well, you know what? You've been, you've been a, a loyal listener. I thought it was only right to get you on the show. And uh, you are one of the most interesting characters, I have to say that I've met in the world of wrestling, both in the ring and out the ring. And uh, yeah, this should be interesting. I was uh, I was really glad when you approached me about this because 
I've wanted to kind of get some more uh, people on here from you know that kind of that world. Uh, obviously, on Jotar Rising, it would have been a lot more, um, you know, apparent. But on Straight Outta Cloyne, not so much. Even though I always find a way to bring it back to wrestling. But uh, how, how have things been with you anyway? How how are you? Not too bad, my man. Um, me, I've been great. I've I've been flying it. Um, started a new job here about two months two months ago. From nine to five working man now, Monday to Friday, weekends off. I actually don't know myself. <laughs> <laughs> I swear, I, I don't know myself. Haven't haven't. It's like finishing at five o'clock is like a half day for me, as you know, and like <laughs> have a weekends like. Christ, with this new job as well, for the first time since like school, I have two weeks off at Christmas. I'm like, oh. what the fuck am I going to do? <laughs> Where yeah. am I going to go? That's that's the stress sometimes when you're not used to like, I remember like when I stopped working in retail and I got my first Monday to Friday. It's like you get so much time and you just just don't know what. The, and then you feel like you're wasting it. Yeah, in a way you, you kind of do because well, like, I know I have work in the morning, but like. There's so much of that free time. Like, I, I don't have to be up until, like, 7 in the morning, so it's fine. And, you know, I go to bed at 11 or 12 even. So, like, between, like, I have six hours to kill, and I'm like, I went fishing the other night for the first time in years. Oh, really? Like, oh, yeah, out to, we went out to Coachford and just threw on waders, cast out, few smokes. Fucking, it was, it was lethal. It was Monday night. Monday night, actually. I didn't even see the... We were just talking about before we came on here the United game. I didn't even see it because no. I was out, I was out fishing, man. <laughs> well, you probably got a more entertaining evening than most of us did that night, to be honest with you. But uh, <laughs> three points. That's all I'm going to say. Three points. All right. That's the most important. Hey, it's all the manners, man. A win is a win. <laughs> so you know, obviously, I mentioned there that uh, obviously we would have met in the old Phoenix Wrestling days back in uh, 2020. Well, at least that's when I started. You would have started a little bit kind of before then. So I'm going to ask. The most boring question that gets asked on all wrestling podcasts, but it has to, you have to get it out of the way. Where did your wrestling fandom start? And uh, what are some of your earliest memories from uh, the business? Oh, geez. Also, we're going way back. Um, <laughs> but the first ever SmackDown. Like, like I, I remember like being a kid, like the lads would all talk about it because, you know, in, in primary school and stuff, because obviously they had all the brothers or whatever. And, but like I, I didn't know what wrestling was up until like late '99. So mm. like, you know, Sunday mornings, you know, you you go downstairs, you're watching you know, soccer AM, you're flicking around watching Ministry of Mayhem or fucking whatever. And next thing you flick down Sky One, just in the hope there might be a Simpsons episode on or something that over the morning wrestling was on. It was, it was the main event of SmackDown, the first ever SmackDown, The Rock versus Triple H for the title. Michaels is the referee, and mm-hmm. every week that was it me in front of that, that that was Sunday morning or Saturday morning ritual on Sky One number, channel number 12 on the old black box uh, yeah that was it and from there it just took off that Christmas it was wrestlers I wanted tie wrestlers I wanted wrestling t-shirts I wanted everything I was just hooked I was obsessed um, and like here's the thing like I'm such a wrestling fan I've actually never we only talked about this at the weekend uh, I've actually never been to a WWE live event my first really? swear to god yeah never been to a WWE live event yeah that was actually my next question as well was what was your first live show but now I feel like so <clears throat> no well huh, you're gonna huh, you're gonna love this one my first live show was for my 10th birthday I got my mother got me tickets to, I got the 2002 World Cup Ireland jersey and two tickets to War Wrestling All Stars in oh, the wow. the Point Theatre in Dublin, um, 
and that was that's, that's the the tree arena now. Yeah, yeah. Um, and the main event, like it, this, was basically anyone that wasn't in WWE from ECW or, or WCW. Yeah, was on the show, or even in TNA, because TNA had started in the June, and this was in November. So, right. the main event was Buff Bagwell and Malice, who would have wrestled as the Wall in WCW uh, against Lex Luger and Sting. Wow. Yeah, oh, I got the high. I, I got the high five Sting when I was ten years of age. It was like it's the coolest thing ever. He's the what? He's one of the few people who I haven't seen live. And you've been. Yeah. You went to your first show. You got to not only see him, you got to touch the flesh. Uh, of I got Sting. The, yeah, I got the high five Sting in like up close because we were we were like floor seats, so you know you all run to the barricade and yeah, was, yeah, yeah, it was so cool, man. It was it was just like the greatest thing ever. So I, I kind of uh, mine is kind of the opposite to everyone else's because you know Sting didn't wrestle yeah. in WWE until like fucking Jesus Christ twelve years later. So yeah, I got the reverse of everyone else. I got to see the one as opposed to you know because because I know I've been doing WWE show. So yeah, that's a, that's probably... a kind of a wild like period of time as well because it's just after as you say WCW and ECW, but it's like TNA and Ring of Honor are just kind of coming in. And then you yeah. got this WWE thing then in the middle of it. Yeah, and like, do you know, like I, I heard about it. Well, when I say I heard, I read about it because I used to get like the magazines, like the, the PWAs and the the, the the pro wrestling inside or, or the mm. pro wrestling illustrated and the wrestler and power of wrestling, world of wrestling, any magazine that I could get my hand on, even yeah. the WCW magazine, just to read about wrestling and read whatever I could, learn whatever I could. And then... Like some of my cousins would have the Sky Sky Digital, and that had the Wrestling Channel, which mm. is where I got to see TNA, Ring of Honor, uh, Frontier Wrestling Alliance in in the UK, you know, and oh, there are the guys I read on the magazine, and I was just hooked. That was a dead they, they couldn't have the TV anytime. I called over to their houses, I was just hooked on wrestling. Any anything I could see, anything I could read, it was just it was all encompassing. Did you ever see any uh, Irish whip wrestling on the wrestling channel at that stage? A little bit, a little yeah. bit. So I, I, I just again at a glance, like I remember Madman Manson. If 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 you if you can't remember him, he was like just this. He kind of had that spiky kind of punk rock kind of hair, mm. hair though, and he used to come out in like a straight jacket and fucking. He was just nuts. Dude was fucking nuts, and I think that was like. I thought it was Irish Rip, it might have been DCW. But I remember seeing videos of him, that might have been on YouTube. But like I do yeah. vividly remember seeing like guys like Alex Shane and stuff like that, but they were in the UK. I remember I do remember the UK ones. Irish Rip, I remember a little bit of. Because I remember Mad Manson doing an interview, God, maybe 2011, 2012. Apparently mm. he had like zero interest in wrestling he was one of his friends wanted to go train and he was just like right, i'll just see how a suplex works and he ended up becoming quite a big name on that scene at least you know so it's kind yeah. of interesting like, to see how that worked out for him you know it's mad and like i it's kind of a shame that like he didn't have that kind of love or passion for it because fuck it, he could have he could have gone the same way as drew drew mcintyre or seamus or finn you know he could because he interesting gimmick interesting character and Fucking yeah, he was good. But you know, yeah. I thought it was cool. Yeah, I, I think don't... it was he's a memorable character from a promotion that wasn't exactly like, you know, if you weren't in Ireland or the UK, you couldn't really see it. So the fact that he still gets talked about, I hear some of the lads at RCW bring him up half the time as well. So, like, I mean, 
he left a lasting impression in fairness to him yeah like I did just like so many wrestlers the one and the independent like I, I like you just always hear like stories about people's favorites and stuff like that down through the years like as I, as I mentioned there like watching some of the UK wrestling and reading some of the magazines like Alex Shane or you know Robbie Brookside or Guy Thunder and those kind of names Doug Williams before he he even made it to TNA I remember reading about him and fucking Jesus Christ he, I think he wrestled one of his last matches in Cork for not 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 uh, Phoenix but um the old promotion that we we won't go there. <laughs> <laughs> we won't go there because we weren't part of it. So what's kind of funny about that promotion is that my bad memories are not everyone else's bad memories, but it makes my bad memories seem like quite tame. Yeah. <laughs> so like, <laughs> I've kind of got the blessing and the it's kind of a blessing and a curse, but like <laughs> you know. I always say the same, like especially like especially with Ray O'Connor, because like he's a Phoenix original as well. Like um yeah. Like we're fucking, we're so lucky that the way like that we got introduced into Irish wrestling, and you know, no matter how we, how how it went for us, like you know, because mm. fucking Jesus Christ, how how some of the other uh, others got in through that promotion. I'm like, what the fuck? Yeah. Why, oh god. I I can still remember um Raven and Justy doing that podcast. I hadn't. I this is. God, maybe five, six months before I even ever went training, and you know the wrestling, yeah. you know the, 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 the smart wrestling fans thinking they know everything. I'm like, oh, this, there's going to be some sort of invasion angle here. Then I found out later on that no, this was actually it's quite fucking real. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it was fucking eye opening. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um But to to be fair, I heard rumors. So, um, I remember I was working in Carol's off license in St. Luke's, and a wrestler who. We won't. We won't mention the name. <laughs> Came in. He's found the fucking. Actually, John. It was Skylar. He, he tell you himself. <laughs> he tell you himself. He actually doesn't give a shit because here's what happened. He came in to put in fucking put up handoff flyers and posters and shit for a ladder wars or something that was going yeah, on. Yeah. And uh, and next thing I said, oh, yeah, I was actually thinking of getting involved. And he was like, bro, don't even fucking do it. <laughs> and he he just you know kind of told me a little bit about he who we're not even going to mention yeah yeah um and how much of a dick he was and i was like yeah i think i might leave it off for a while <laughs> <You know>? so <laughs> thank you to matt skyler for that one and like fucking thanks as well for fucking to, to luke and fucking bedlam and fucking you know raven skyler mm. fucking to all for setting up phoenix because jesus as you know that's how we came in yeah and got involved in irish wrestling and they kind of created a, a haven uh, for wrestlers to go and to actually fucking you know do well and grow. Yeah. Instead of 100%. instead of what it was. Yeah, it was mad because obviously you know like Cork. Uh, sorry, wrestling's always been you know it's always always popular in Cork. Like you know, there's always been a huge. Listen, we're the biggest county with you know with a very vibrant city as well. Like so, you know, there's obviously yeah. going to be with something like wrestling it is going to be quite popular but I think it got underestimated quite a lot how popular it was it's kind of mad to think that we didn't have promotions here for as long as we did I know Ross Brown used to do a bit of training here and stuff and uh, I know he, he tells a story about the old NWA Ireland days where he was like training people out in his back garden after you know going up to Wicklow and across to Kent and stuff but obviously yeah. we had you know that original promotion uh, I know Blake Norton did some stuff as well but Phoenix was like the first thing to properly kind of like take over and like really make it kind of you know 
a, a last a, a good lasting impression on the Cork and you know wider Munster scene as well. W- when did you kind of start first? Uh, you know, obviously you mentioned that uh, occurrence there with Skyler, but when did you kind of first start maybe thinking about getting involved in Irish wrestling and wanting to maybe start training as a wrestler? I think. It was around 2017, 18, but the thing was, like, I fucking, I had, like, a bit of a kidney problem. I had to get a stim put in, and so that kind of held it off for a year. Um, And then, you know, once fucking everything was okay, you know, I had to build build back up and whatever. And Mm. um, So it would have been around 2017, 18, I I, I started thinking about it. I didn't really pull the trigger until uh, 19, 2019, around, I I think it must have been April or May 2019. Was when I first, um, you know, fucking text the, text the Facebook page and went out to Douglas and off we went. What was it? What was it like for the first time? Like you know, being in that environment. Like what was the feeling like? <sighs> like walking in the door and seeing the ring, and being that close to it and knowing that you're going to get it. You're like, fuck, it's actually happening. Yeah. <laughs> you know that kind of way. It's like. Jesus, that's whoa! You, you kind of do get a little bit whoa. Like I'm actually gonna, mm. I'm actually gonna get in that, and you know, along all the rest. It was kind of, it was, I won't say awestruck or anything, but it was just, it, it was, it was a nice kind of, um, uh, it was a nice kind of moment to take in. Um, yeah, just got in there, you know, shook, you know, shook hands, said hi to everyone, um, did the warm up. And I remember I was standing on the side of the ring while they were doing tag and tag out, and I was, I was just watching. And the fucking the one thing we we don't realize is when everyone's when that stuff is going on, when 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 they're doing fucking chain wrestling, they're flying around the ring and stuff. It can kind of get a little bit bouncy sometimes. Yes. And I, I I'm just standing at the corner, and I'm like, I can't fucking do this. I can't fucking do this. I can't. Straight into that little tiny, you know, <laughs> cupboard that we had for the, for the jacks. Got the hat and soil up, washed myself off, and just said, "Yeah, I can do this." Got back, <laughs> got back <laughs> out there, and uh, yeah, myself and uh, Luke Barry took my took myself and uh, I think Flint. Mm-hmm. I think it was Flint through some bumps. Um, just Flint wanted want to improve his bumps. Yeah, yeah I learned I learned how to back bump and front bump that night. Yeah, like and, that's like yeah. that, that 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 gym, the that first gym out in Douglas. I think that was the first gym, wasn't it? Or it was at least my first one that I trained in. Or did they have one? Yeah, that, that was the first Phoenix one, I think. Yeah, yeah, that like I was only like I was only there briefly. I was like two months, I think, there uh, before COVID, and then we had like a couple of sessions there before we moved to the one down by um, Baden Temple. But uh, mm. like, it it just has such a dear place in my heart. It really does. It was just it was just something like. I know it was quite like the, the space wasn't huge, but it was almost like it was like Upton Park. It was like because everything felt like right on top of you. It just you had that real yeah. Like, and like that's the thing, like fucking, and you've been in there for shows. Once the crowd pop, it sounds ten times louder because it's all enclosed. Yeah, you know what I mean. It's in an enclosed space, and you just really feel like not only the passion of of the wrestlers but the passion of the crowd as well like in like some like this is why like I'm an advocate to people to like if you love wrestling or you're a fan of wrestling get to a local wrestling show mm-hmm. just enjoy it and enjoy it have fun with it suspend belief for the two hours 
and have fun because you like if you're a wrestling fan and an Irish wrestling fan, especially, you may see things that you because some of those shows weren't like none of those Douglas shows were recorded, the ones that we did. So you're gonna miss miss some pretty cool stuff. Like the, the like the Armstrongs getting together, getting back together. The Armstrongs reunion when Butch made his return and Marion was his manager. That yeah. that happened in, in the Douglas gym. Um that, that, that Tatcher versus Skyler. That happened in the Douglas gym. You know, oh, there was an absolute beauty of a one that I ref. <laughs> it was Justy versus Phil Boyd versus Rare O'Connor, and that <laughs> Justy and Phil decided to take turns while giving heat to to, to Connor um, to to have an old sing song, and Justy did a rendition of Delta Dawn. I swear to God, it was angelic. <laughs> <laughs> it was. <laughs> It was gorgeous. I tell you know what what a ch- serious chanter is this uh, oh. is all just a, you know what I mean? So, like, I'm actually crying. <laughs> <laughs> oh. A, oh my god, I'll never forget this. I remember as well, like the follow-up to that, it was Phil Boyd versus Rayon O'Connor, and Phil like was on the outside and I was doing a countdown. And I, like Phil get back in the ring and he just sat on the side of the ring, looked up to me and said, Oh what, what are you gonna do? And I just looked down and I'm like why are you doing this to me? <laughs> like, come on. Please, no, Phil. Come on. It's it's 100 degrees in here. We've got like 80 people sweating and stinking on top of each other. Just just come on, please. It, this, I'm saying this in my mind, like, I'm like, why are you doing this to me? Just get in, please. Don't make that me talk. The worst I can't feeling, breathe. <laughs> the worst feeling as a referee is when a wrestler hits you with a zinger and you don't know what to say back. Uh, yeah, you know, you, you just sometimes I just I just I just drop the head and just look at the crowd and just shrug my shoulders. It was good. It was, you know, just, sometimes all you can do is admit defeat. But I'm just looking at Phil going, "Why, why are you doing this to me? I'm not prepared for this." I remember <laughs> I'm, trying, I'm trying to go through eight matches in my fucking head. <laughs> I remember just I've only refereed one Justy match, but as much as I love him, I feel like he went out of his way. To make it as difficult as it possibly could have been. I remember he would not get, he was not the legal man. He would not get out of the ring. I was like, Justy, out of the ring. And he's like, Well, you're telling me get out. Like, what are you going to do about it? And I just didn't know what to say. So I just did the kind of Jericho point. And he kind of could tell, like, this is not going to go anywhere. So he just left. I remember turning around going, Dickhead. <laughs> I swear to God, referee in the Justy match is a treat. Oh. I just loved it. In fact, like, it, ah. Uh... So like the, uh, I did, I think I told you what was what was supposed to happen with with, with, with just with the with just the and the title and me as the ref and the screen. Oh yeah 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 yeah. Yeah. You can re- repeat the story for for the uh, for our loyal listeners. Uh, so, so between the jigs and the reels, anyway, um, mm-hmm. the tournament to crown the first, um. The first Phoenix champion mm-hmm. uh, was taking place, and I remember they were having the tournament, and it was you know Justy was you know going with DCT, yeah, um, and they approached me. They said, "Okay, here's what's going to happen. Um, you're going to do a, you're basically going to screw DCT, and you're going to help Justy win the title. 
you're you're going to screw them through the round. You're going to you know be the screwdriver for each through the rounds and get your seat to the title, and you're going to be his you know his crooked ref mm-hmm. from here on in type of thing. I'm like, okay, and they were like, it's going to lead to a match where it's you and Justy versus Foxy and whichever wrestler could be Butch, could be Liam Ryan. We, we haven't decided on, yeah, because we've, we're thinking of, you know, different directions and different stories of, you know, where we're going to go, but that's that that's the end game anyway. Yeah. I'm like, okay, so yeah, the first round, you know, Circus Factory, you know, fucking uh, Justy versus DCT, they'll work it out, you know, and, and how they want it done. Just yeah, be prepared. Like, yeah, no matter. Okay, and then like in the inside of my head, I'm like, oh holy shit! I'm I I, I get to I get to walk the title scene, the main event with fucking Justy who and like uh, DCT who's like a former ICW world champion, and I'm like, mm. I'm like chomping at the bit. I'm like loving this. Yeah, and I didn't tell anyone what was going on. Yeah, I knew like probably fucking twenty people knew anyway, you know. But I just, to me, it was like my my little secret that, you know, I'm not telling anyone. Yeah, you know what I mean, just this this is my thing, like, um. So, uh, gets gets the night anyway, and fucking DCTs they are just just these arriving there because I think they had a training session in Five Factory that morning that he right. took before they were driving down. Uh-huh. So I'm just standing next to DCT and. You, you know, it's like when you don't know a wrestler and they're kind of, you know, especially DCD, he's a big name. Like, as I said, he's a former ECW world champion. Yeah. You know, it's, he's a big deal in, in the independent wrestling scene. Uh-huh. And I'm like, fuck, what am I going to say to this dude? Especially when I'm screwing him over the thing tonight. Like, fuck, what, what do we talk about? And we just get talking and it's, it's in February and you know the weather in February. It's the same as normal it's freezing it's cold it's damp it's shite mm-hmm. and the circus factory is a big space so it doesn't it's not trapping heat so the woman that's running it through on this like heater but when i say heater no it's like a fucking jet engine new york i mean it's it's like it's it's like nothing i've ever seen before like it's yeah. fucking and it gives off some heat but does a blast off it and next thing dct turns around to me and he goes be fairly cool if I was walking past tonight with the cape and you know we got you know gotten turned on and so it blows you know with the hair and everything and I'm like that would be fairly cool. Next thing I I, I just said okay that's my end. I went up to you and just turned around and said, listen is there any chance that we could actually get that get you to turn that on for a wrestler's entrance tonight because they're kind of doing this kind of rock star thing and they'll have a cape and they want to blow in the wind everything. She's like oh yeah no problem just give me the nod. Yeah yeah like, perfect. So I go back to him and just say, yeah, sorted. Yeah, they're, they're going to try on the thing for it. I'm like, really? Yeah, I, was like, I just asked. And he was like, oh, that's the job. And then we just start to talk. And next thing, Justy comes in. We're like, go. Now, Foxy's there as well. He's refereeing like half the, half the matches. I'm actually only refereeing two. Mm-hmm. So the other one was um, uh, William Eaver versus Butch. Mm-hmm. Uh, big show with Pastor as well. What a man. Um that that was the that, that again that was the infamous show where he just stripped down to his jocks outside the ring, just because just because they were chanting "sexy butch." I mean, so he not, decided, like... why not? Like you know what I mean? Um, <laughs> just yeah, just stripped down to his to his skivvies right outside the wing and ringing. To be fairly true, the pants back on and got in the ring, and I'm counting the whole time, but I'm I'm, I'm stopping because I, I I'm genuinely laughing, like I'm keeling over and laughter at the side of Pastor. 
just walking around the ringside with his pants in his hand, shouting at the crowd, this is the greatest day of your life. And like, <laughs> this is just brilliant. This is this is why you this this is why we come. This is why we come here. In what other industry <laughs> in what other other than professional wrestling can you get that like? Can you get that like can you get away with that like? Yeah. Do you remember when remember when Kovacic ran off the pitch? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and a big deal. It was it was almost like that, except you know, to be fair, you know, Pasta was wearing a little bit more material than Kovacic was. Kovacic was wearing a fucking cod piece nearly. Yeah, that but, was, um, I, I remember when I first saw that, I was like, I thought it was a fan. And I went, no, that's that's a that's a Premier League midfielder right there. That's a, that's a Premier League midfielder. And look, that's his, that's his package. It's <laughs> impressive, to be fair. Them Croatians, right? Whew. Tell you what, they're packing. <laughs> they're packing. <laughs> So anyway, back to the off the topics of cock and balls, back onto the wrestling. <laughs> so uh, this we work out the, the whole deal anyway of what's going down and it's a fast count. Yeah. So I you know we referee and I referee the match. I think so how we get into it is DCT pins Justy mm-hmm. and Justy puts his foot on the rope. I count one, two, and then I point, I'm pointing the DCT of like, no, his foot's on the rope, his foot's on the rope, and DCT doesn't see it, so I like kind of snap his, his leotard. Because, <laughs> 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 you know, he, I, I, sla- I, I snap his leopard skin. And, <laughs> oh, by the way, when he makes his entrance as well, we throw on the thing, the cape is gone, and he's just, he's got a smile on his face, he's like a kid at Christmas, so he's the, and yeah. I've, I'm the same, because I'm like, this is this, and then the crowd are popping. There was like there was like two hundred as well in there that night, maybe maybe more, yeah. Which was a big big enough crowd, like and of course, yeah. you know, bring bring your own beer. They're all they're all having a good time as well, and it was mm. a great show to be fair, as mm. as they all are. Yeah. Um. So I snap his thing. He stands up to me, and I'm like, whoa, hey, ho, ho. Justy Justy rolls him up one two three, and whole crowd, whoa, and I'm like, it was three, it was three, what, it was three, and he stands up, and I look at him, and next thing I just. I kind of shit myself halfway in for real. I like freeze and then he goes, run. So I literally get out, run around, kind of fall a little bit while I'm while I'm running. Just <laughs> Foxy meets me at the car at, at the court and he's like, What's all that about? And I'm like, it was three. And yeah. So, yeah and that's so that's, that's a, how it started. That's that's, an that's, intense, that's it. That's an intense spot. You know what I mean? Like to kind of especially like you know, when you're kind of you're still kind of new to refing and stuff, you know, like that's a lot to take in for someone well, who's you're quite you know new to it. Well, actually, to be fair, that was like that was in February. I started in April, so that was I was about eight eight months in. Oh well, yeah, well, you know, so, like, yeah. but that was like uh, the biggest like st- scale I I'd refed on like yeah um, was in the circus factory with that, and that was probably the biggest crowd I refereed in front of was about two hundred. Um, yeah, we refereed another show after that where it was Justy versus LJ and. I swear it was the opening match, and I swear to God, there's like ah, uh, all they did was reversals to finishes that they were calling out like Batista bomb reverse, rock bottom reverse, like to the point where LJ actually got a luchador mask, found one under the ring, and like <laughs> I remember this COVID had just started to creep in now at this stage, so he was like, I better disinfect that and sprayed like I don't know what kind of fucking disinfectant it was. Yeah, put it yeah. on and was just absolutely choking 
And we were just like, that's probably not a good idea. I think it was Dettel or something, Dettel oh, spray. And I was like, that's that's probably not a good idea. He's like, no. And I took a whiff off him, man. It was like, fuck. Thank God. I, I hope it aired out because like he literally took it out of his fucking tights, put it on, did a 619, Justy ducked out. That's literally the whole match until Justy ro- rolled him up. And I made yeah. the count. And I see that Justy has his tights and still made the count. And that was the continuation on from it. But yeah. Then we, then we went into lockdown. Yeah, that was, uh, that, I mean, I'd only just started at that stage. I think it was maybe just over a month in um, before all that chaos I kicked think, off. Yeah, I, I, don't, I think maybe longer. I think maybe, were you not around Christmas time? I was just after January, 20, uh, Feb, early February, late January, early February 2020 is when I... Oh, yeah, so you, yeah, because I think it was, I think it was like March. I think it was the week before Paddy's that, mm. that they decided to close. The so remember, just... Scrapper Mania was supposed to be that week. It was the first time Moxley was supposed to be there, and he's exactly like, he's supposed to have been on like two or three since, <laughs> and they're yeah. doing it again this year apparently. But uh, yeah, that was the I, I remember like trying to hold out for like, can we just get past Scrapper Mania? Because I was going as a fan, and then that didn't happen. And it was like, okay, maybe I should probably start worrying about the, the wider world now and not just the wrestling world. But um. Yeah, it was it was it was it was a very strange, very very strange time for everyone, obviously. But uh, obviously, Phoenix being a you know independent promotion, and wrestling's always been one of these things. It's like people don't know whether they want to count it as a sport. Is it entertainment? Is it like you know what is it? Uh, so like the backing, unfortunately, just wasn't there as much as it was for other performing arts or sports. But uh, but to be fair, it's never there for wrestling. No, never. It's never because, as you said, it falls in that category of is it or isn't it it's yeah. either, it's 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 not one and it's not the other it's it's both but we can't like it's you can't both, get both uh, yeah exactly it's both <laughs> but it's neither and it's just we don't get the back and then like and that was the fucking that's 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 why you know it led to you know us having to move to school mm. later on like because that that's why we lost fucking that's that's why we had to move from Douglas and that's probably why we had to that's probably why we we lost man on the road as well is because of COVID yeah. and because like we won't get in you know we won't like I I can't speak for anyone else I know I was given I was only given seventy because that's what I was told that it was mm-hmm. just to, just to keep it just I was still paying the seventy a month even though we were in lockdown just to you know help keep it going and. Yeah. I don't think everyone was doing that and that, you know, and even if they were, it still weren't enough because you know the way fucking landlords are. Yeah. Simple as. Exactly. So, you know, Phoenix got screwed, the trainees got screwed, the wrestlers, the, the, the bedlam got screwed, fucking mm-hmm. every, the cock wrestling got screwed, you yeah. know, because of COVID. And like, it's why like, now you see where it's gone to and how it's growing. It's finally getting back to where it was before COVID where, you know, because, you know, I've seen that they're, they're announcing a new uh, podcast network. So, hey, you yep. might, hey, kid, new home for you, buddy. Uh, I mean, listen, <laughs> I'm open to it. <laughs> hey, maybe maybe me and Raven Creed can finally start that podcast that we've been talking about for the last four fucking years. But that would be, that would be, like, knowing the two of you, like, I know the two of you, that would be something that would be wild. <laughs> it's literally where I smoke weed and me and her talk about that 70 show or Buffy or whatever random shit comes into our brains. I mean, sign me up, like. There you go. It see, like <laughs> it, it has a market. I know it does. So, hundred oh, percent. But as well, you know, I heard that Cocker getting a new school again. Uh, well, apparently, uh, uh-huh. 
that's I, I think so. I think I've seen something about that on on the on the Instagram. I don't know how. Yeah. Or, or someone told me I can't remember, but if that is the case, then that's great because, like as you said, we have a wealth of support for wrestling here, and a wealth. It's almost like a thirst. Like people want to go to see it. People want to take part in it. Mm-hmm. Cork needs a school. You know what I mean? So. Hundred percent. Hundred percent. You know, it's obviously you mentioned there about like. Obviously, when you got started and, and, and you know, you were like refereeing, how did you find that? Like, you know, obviously everyone gets into wrestling to become a wrestler, but, you know, you, you get other jobs along the way. One has become mine permanently, but uh, well, at least I bloody hope so. <laughs> but, um, you know, you obviously you obviously donned the stripes before I did. How did you find that? Uh, what was what was that experience like? So like, how that, like I remember my first week they were training for a show. It was uh, Bellum's, uh, Billy Bellum's Big Birthday Bash. Um, the four pillars playing him versus um bruiser which was an unreal match um but i remember going around and just like uh, the way people were planning matches uh on the wednesday because i was match class i was like um it's like luke any chance i could you know referee a match or two and he was like oh yeah that's good actually yeah yeah do that yeah. and i was just you know going around to the lads and you know just oh yeah i'm the ref lad so if there's anything you need me to know just you know just let me know the finish but you know if there's any spots that you, you know need from need me to know about Tell me, and that's that's literally how I fell into it. And the only reason, well, not the only reason, but like the, the main reason I remember like asking to do that was because I heard um, a shoot interview with Jake the Snake Roberts, and he said that for the first year of his career, he refereed so he could learn psychology, and mm-hmm. like that's that was, that was why I did. But then I, I turns out I was good at it, <laughs> and um, you know I did a, I did one of the the gym shows and. Uh, then it was just like, yeah, you're you're the ref now for, because because again the key all closed, so yeah, that's when they started doing the um the, the game with the lads and stuff like that out in the out in the Douglas gym, and I was just a referee for those shows and it was it was unbelievable and I refereed one or two others as well in the Circus Factory and I was still having matches um you know and training and stuff like that like and um it was just gearing up to 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 making the debut um. And it it was it came it almost came a lot sooner than 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 what it would actually become not just because of COVID because I remember I don't know if you remember the nobody yes um when he he was a singles wrestler and he was they were going to make it into a tag team and he initially pitched it to be with me okay. as his partner so we'd be the nobodies and. I was all going over for it, absolutely. I'd fucking love to do that. But they were like, no, we, we've, we've other plans for Ryan. Um, how about such and such? And that's the way they went. So, which kind of sucked. But once, once, you know, once, once he told me about it, oh, no, they would, you know, I wanted it to be you, but they went another way. I was like, fuck. Because mm-hmm. I, I, it would have been something I could have sunk my teeth into and I think it would have worked because, you know, I mean, and the guy that portrayed the nobody are like, we get along great. You know, yeah, body body wise. So, like, I knew as a tag team, we definitely would have would have uh, would have worked. Like me and Sam when we when we tagged. Um, so, um, yeah, I just I just stayed reffing, and I loved it. I did. I, I I enjoyed it. It was so much fun. Yeah. Um, like I remember my first show. It was like a gym show, and I remember first match was Justy versus Sam. Well, Sam beat Justy. Uh, Owen Richards versus Ray O'Connor. Owen, Owen Richards went over. Uh, 
he definitely did something while I went looking as he always does the dastardly <laughs> bastard <laughs> but I tell you what what a man to give advice oh fucking oh, I love it so good to me him and Andy Steele have been they're two of my yeah. favourite people in wrestling they're just absolute sorry they're to like you know great. to like no, get, no, get rid just... of the illusion but like they're yeah, but like, no, it's... Heels, but just two lovely guys hey you know what like a fucking greatest tag team in the country hmm no disrespect, no disrespect to anyone else, but they're fucking so good. They're yeah. just, oh, unbelievable. Unbelievable workers and just great guys as well. Yeah, 100%. <laughs> That's going to be their new like tagline, isn't it? No, like, unbelievable workers and just all around great guys. <laughs> it works. <laughs> it works. It just, it's something that did fucking dickishly say, smuggishly dickishly say, <laughs> great workers and all around great guys. That's a t-shirt. That's merch right there. That's see, just I just I come up with great ideas for merch. I'm still waiting for Steve Savage to drop the Savage by Name, Savage by Nature t-shirt that I pitched him. That he probably wasn't listening to me when I said it, to be fair. (laughs) (laughs) Because he guaranteed somebody was texting him about a tattoo or something. I I I, I, booking. I still remember the first time I ever saw Steve and I was like, fuck me. Like I I just like I purposely avoided him. And oh. I remember, like, he's, like, the fucking nicest guy in the world. But he's just such a... He's just got that, like, just that, like, you know, tough guy image. But he's the oh, fucking yeah. sweetheart of a guy, like. I'm glad I never wrestled him because I knew it would hurt. Because, like, <laughs> just he's a brick wall of a man. But, like, well, he's actually not. He's very agile and athletic for a big man. He is, But yeah. just, in, like, as well, just... I know we're talking about Phoenix, but, like, hair knocks... Fuck what he's cultivated up there, what he's created up there, and the guys that are coming out of there, like you know, Gallicini, Magic Mike Kelly, yeah, you know, Marceau, Francis Marceau, just the AJ. I love AJ, I do, he's the man. Um, you know, Robbie Mack, just fucking top guys, A1, great workers, great train, great, great, great trainers. Mm. Um, and yeah, that's something Steve, Steve's created something great, great, great up there, you know. Yeah. Uh, and he's he's A1. Steve is fucking absolutely A1. Yeah. Deserves right. all the success that's coming his way. Because he again, he's another just absolute worker. Mm-hmm. He's he just an absolute animal. Savage by name, savage by nature. Give me the t-shirt. Yeah, no, 100 percent Steve. Um, <laughs> he's like in, again fair, because I mean, like when, when Hard Knocks was set up, it was a time of uncertainty, I think, in the monster scene as well. So it was nice mm. to kind of you know, for him to, you know, especially to take it on, uh, you know, kind of not just like he's obviously done it really well, but he did it like so like it's like he didn't even, he didn't even have to think about it. He just did it, you know, and yeah. it obviously it's it saved, I think, a lot of people from potentially walking away like nobody's ever outright said it. But, you know, you know how it, how it goes like in wrestling, people come and go, yeah. especially when, you know, you're having to travel a longer distance now for training. Um, mm, and yeah. You know, like I think a big shout out to Leon as well, another great guy up uh, up at Hard Knocks, Leon Sheehan. Oh, definitely, definitely, Leon, <laughs> top fucking man, top great man is guy. Leon, and Dan O'Bones as well. Dan O'Bones yeah, yeah. is another. Top. Actually, well, Dan O, if you're listening, remember the key to picking cherries is finger placement. He'll know what that means when he hears it. <laughs> I was going to say if you know you know but I don't know so you know, know you know you do. that's something that between me and him basically between me and the two waterfall boys oh oh also also we were on the subject of waterfall boys shout out to Tony Kelly my man yeah, exactly yeah. I've never actually met him never met him oh gent 
Absolute gents. Uh, yeah, I've never heard anyone say a bad thing. Apart from the fact he's a Liverpool fan, I've never heard anyone say a bad thing about him. And look, if you're into car calling, it's from Waterford. But look, sure well, look, we all can't be perfect. Exactly. The, you know what I mean? We all can't <laughs> be perfect. But, um, um, but um, actually, as I was saying before, yeah, yeah, go ahead. That's just the pre- this is just a preview as well of me and Raven Creature. We just go off <laughs> and rant some tangents. But that first, uh, that first uh, show I refereed, um, mm-hmm. and you know, of course, Mister Charlie's going to be on that show, and he's going to have the box, and you just never know what's in that fucking thing. Oh God, yeah, it was a bomb. Oh, I blew up. <laughs> I did, yeah. I blew up and I ended up in the ropes and just like, oh God. <laughs> what the fuck was that? <laughs> yeah. And just like shaking my ear for the rest of it going, what? Yeah. Professional That's wrestling, huh? Professional wrestling. That's the fun. That that was my first show referee. That's... That was my, yeah. Yeah. I got blown up by Mr. Charlie's box. Now that's, uh, yeah, that's, I tell you what, baptism by fire, am I right? Baptism by fucking fire, my man. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, like, the, the, the most, ex- the, the main thing, obviously, that, um, you know, obviously I said it at the start, but like, it's something that I'm trying to say this anyway, because obviously me and you, we obviously we've had conversations here and there recently about, you know, obviously when you stop training and stuff and maybe how you feel a little bit about wrestling now and stuff. But the, the, the thing I do want to get into, because I think it was something that like, I remember um, we were getting ready to cut promos. This is actually probably when we were training when social distancing was still very prevalent. But I remember you were like over near uh, the ring, psyching yourself up, like just getting into character. Like it was like, I've like, listen, I've done acting classes. I've obviously done so many promo classes and wrestling and stuff, but I'd never seen someone commit that much to getting into character. And the character is obviously what I referred to the start, Eddie Nero. Give give us the breakdown of who Eddie Nero is. What's he all about? Take it away, uh... my God, um, <laughs> it's been so long now since I've even thought about that dude. Um, mm. Well, actually, not that long because, um, well, we'll get there. Uh, anyway, so Eddie Nero, like, at the start, I was like, you know, because you have to come up with a name and a gimmick. And I'm like, I'm like, shit, yeah, well, I, 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 shit, I never thought about that. I just thought, you know, at the start, I just thought about learning how to do it and that would come later. Yeah. Um, and I remember one day I just caught a promo, like, as me, but, like, I kind of caught it in the view of, like, because, like, I was very, like, one of my favorite wrestlers growing up was Raven. Mm-hmm. Not Creed, no, who I love. <laughs> even, though she's bright, even though she's a Brighton Hove Avenue fan, which is random as fuck. Very. Love, um, <laughs> like a little sister to me. Um, like, I was huge into Raven and Jake Roberts and those kind of guys. I don't know why. I just, I always like the bad guys. Yeah. So I was like, I, I just thought about Raven for a second. I was like, tormented. And I was like, yeah, you know what? I used to get bullied a little bit for like wrestling too much when I was a kid. And I was like, okay, well, what, what, would, what would I want to do as to them what would I want to do to them back then what would I want to do to them now and I just kind of promo of that kind of way uh, as yeah. myself um, and then Bedlam and uh, Raven Cree pulled me you know put me aside after it and they were just like that was good um, but you just got to branch off for it and just you know refine it and um, you know just kind of make it your own 
So I got home that night and, you know, as I do, you know, spliffing a cup of tea and I'm watching Californication. And this character came on the screen and his name, played by Rob Lowe, who had, you know, goatee and he wore a black beanie, kind of like I wear. Um, and his name was Eddie Nero. And I'm like, boom, that's 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 a good name. I'm going to use that for a while until I come up with something better. Something better than come because the minute I said it, people liked it and they just, yeah, yeah, I like that. Eddie Nero, I did it. Yeah, I like that. Stick with that. Um, the character was just basically the pissed, the, the most pissed off, angriest, frustrated man that has gone through all of the worst of humanity in his life and still still standing and still kind kind of wanting to take it out on people. You know yeah. that kind of way? Um, like, kind of like, you know, you're taking out, like, okay, you know, I, th- I think it's something negative about fucking any part of my life like, like a friend passing away from a drug overdose or, or you know I, I think or, or, you know the arguments I used to have with my old man when he was drunk or whatever you know those type of things I would take them and use those as like the fuel to okay this is why he's pissed off and angry and this is why he's going to use it in this promo against this person for that reason and it just kind of started morphing into that type of thing of being like a, just the pissed off psychopathic psychotic sociopathic killer mm-hmm. that just wanted to get in there kick ass make money and yeah look good doing it well I mean you certainly <laughs> did I'll give you that much <laughs> <laughs> no, that's I the was... head and shoulder stuff yeah <laughs> <laughs> I feel like you know like listen everyone I, I'm lucky enough that um Pretty much everyone I've come across, like whether they've stuck around in wrestling or not, like has, has had a huge level of talent. Apart from one person who thankfully is not around the scene anymore, might be quite big into the music scene, but isn't exactly somebody who I hope comes back to the wrestling scene. And I think a few people might know who I'm on about. And if you don't, I will explain to you afterwards. <laughs> I think hold on, hold on. Is, is, is this the same? Is, is this the guy that I had to punch myself repeatedly in the face to save the promo? Yes. Yeah, God, yeah. Oh, Jesus Christ, Almighty. Let's not. We'll we'll get to that later. We'll get to that later. Yeah, but uh, hey, one out of like however many people have met in wrestling, you know what? It's a good ratio. But, <laughs> like, like I remember, like there was something. Wait, do you about... not remember? Do you not remember? Um, the other the the guy who the. the, the... Fuck it, I'll tell you after this. <laughs> I, 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 I gotta get this now. The guy who, come on, come on, we gotta get there. <laughs> we gotta the get fucking, there. The, 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 number one. The, you know, the dude, the, the fucking, he was, he, he, he really, he was the other nobody. Not the tall nobody, the smaller nobody. Oh, yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 <laughs> No one wants to see him come back. <laughs> no, God, no. Jesus. Who oh. knows? Though? They might overtake my record of most comebacks within like two months. Anyways, um, <laughs> I remember. Um, I remember, like every, everyone had a talent, but like there was something about Eddie Near. There was just something that, like, I you know, obviously, I think I've said it a few. Like Undertaker is my all-time favorite. And there was obviously a mystique about the Undertaker, and there's so many 
great characters in wrestling that have had a mystique about them. And that's what I always kind of felt like with Eddie Nero, that like, that's something that like, you know, you're good. You're, you can't not pay attention to it. Like that was my thing that I always got from it. It was always like you, you had every word you said, every movement you made, you couldn't look away. There was always like, okay, it's something, there's something here that we're going to have to, you know, that we're going to have to pay attention to, to see what the outcome is here. Like it was just, that's, that's not an easy thing to have either. It's very, very easy to, for people, especially in this day and age with phones and fucking, you know, you can easily just like, you know, go onto Twitter and whatnot. But anytime you were around, I, I couldn't look away. Like, was, was that something that you purposely wanted to make sure of? Or was it just something that, you know, it just, did you even notice it when it was happening? I think that that should be, well, yeah, because I think that that's why every, every, you know, wrestler, trainee, Whatever should be, you know, you 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 know, they 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 want to leave their their lasting impression no matter what they're doing, whether it's cutting a promo or or wrestling a match. Um, it, but that that again, the the whole style and and everything, like the content was was like anything I said was was my own. Like I I I I wrote the content, but content, but the style of how it was going to be, um, like. The, the world, like the, the, the delivery was a, a combination of advice that I got from, it was actually the same advice that I got from the three people, um, which is Bedlam, Luke and Raven Greed just told me, hey, you should watch Jake the Snake Roberts because you remind me of Jake the Snake Roberts when you do. And and they all, yeah. the, the, the three of them gave me that bit of advice separately. <laughs> so I knew I was onto something, whether they, you know, talked about it or not. Um, and like, because it was like when he spoke, you paid attention. Yeah, because he wasn't screaming or shouting. He, and and the thing about it was, it wasn't so much about his words or the, the it wasn't about the contact content or the context. You look at his eyes. You're focused on his eyes. And when you focus on his eyes, you focus on him, you focus on all of them. Yeah. And that's what I wanted it to be. Because if you're like, I'm very expressive with my eyes. And if I meant what I was saying, you believed it. Mm -hmm. And I just, that's kind of like, in terms of being in the ring, but in terms of cutting the promo, I, I, I knew I could be the best at doing it. And that's kind of forming almost half the battle. Yeah, you know, and the ring was, you know, I, I was, I was, I was okay. I was always, I was constantly improving. I wasn't, you know, Jesus Christ, I wasn't Shawn Michaels by any stretch of the imagination. Um, but like, you know, like, and I knew I wouldn't be. I knew I wouldn't be like the greatest in-ring wrestler ever. But I was like, okay, I can cut a good promo. In fact, I can cut a very, very good promo if I can just hang my hat on that and gradually improve on the rest, I think I'll have something. Yeah. Um, so, uh, but, but like the promo, the content, that was like, that was, that was just down to stuff. Like, like, I, I, I like whatever, like I, I would always have a line. I would always pick a line for the promo. Yeah. And then walk around that line. Like, um, but I would take, but it's, it's a line that I would take from like a song or a movie or a TV show or a comic book or a book or something. Yeah. And I would just make it my own. 
Because, again, once you say the words and you believe what you're saying, other people believe it. Yeah. So, just an example, I throw the line of man's game is a man, uh, man's game, charges a man's price. Take mm-hmm. that away from this. Take that away from this if nothing else. That line is in said by Woody Harrelson in season one of True Detective. No one ever fucking gammed on that. They, they just, you know, I just walked it around in a promo that no yeah. one fucking gammed on that I was just ripping off something. And that's, but that's why half the great promos are. Yeah. I love the promos that are said by the, the Moxleys or the or the MJFs or the CM Punks or the like, Roman Reigns or, or the Rollins where they make some kind of pop culture reference. Yeah. Because everyone can identify with it. And those are the ones that pop me. So I try to throw in pop culture references or, you know, as I said, songs from, or lyrics from songs or stuff from TV shows or movies, hoping that people would get that. But they never would. They would just like the promo and like what I said and how I said it. So, mm-hmm. you know, I, I guess I was doing something right with that, with the promos. Um, again, like... Luke, Luke was always great with giving advice for promos. So was Bedlam, so was, so was Raven Creed. Um, yeah. I'd always get them to critique my promos. And yeah. they, would, they would give great advice. Yeah, no, I mean, listen, it's three great people to get advice from. Um, mm. All very good speakers. And like, listen, obviously great in the ring, but I think, you know, people probably... I mean, maybe nowadays it's kind of different, but I think for a long time people maybe didn't realize how important it is to be a good promo, and and especially when you want to get far in wrestling, like you have to be a good. Talk. I mean, Finn Balor talks about how like in Japan he kind of got a like he could just be a wrestler's wrestler, I suppose, for lack of a better term, for a long time. But it was it wasn't until he came to WWE that he really realized the importance of a promo and how to like mm. you know, grip the crowd that way. Um, yeah, I I remember um. The uh, Unlock Stock Two Meters Apart show, my first ever appearance as the uh, Phoenix Wrestling Referee, had to you know pop myself there. But uh, I, Which uh, you did I a fantastic there, job uh, of a very, by the very way. just great promo uh, video package, I should say, um, in relation to Eddie Nero. And I remember getting goosebumps whilst I was in the ring. Uh, it was presented really well. Again, you spoke just absolutely. But you can really see the Jake Roberts influence in it, but I mean that in like in a good way, not in like you know. Some I see some stupid criticism for LA Knight. People say he's too much like Rock and Austin. It's like, dude, just because you get inspired by someone, like you know, yeah, get over it. like you know what I mean. Um, but you know, you mentioned obviously teaming with Sam, and, and that I'm sure that would must have been great because Sam is a fucking just absolute gem of a human being. Um, like when it comes to you know actually wrestling matches and you're maybe progressing. Um, you know, more into you know, like I suppose someone like what Galachini's uh, doing now at the moment. What um, I don't want to say what happened. Why why didn't it happen then? You know, what what uh, what kind of led to you maybe stepping a, a, away from wrestling? Um, for now at least. Well, <laughs> well, the thing was so here's here's the kicker, right? Mm-hmm. I was told I was debuting so March of 2020. I was told the Wednesday. I was told on a Wednesday night. Okay, we're not doing a show in the, the April show is already booked. We're not doing a show in May. Be ready for June. You're debuting as Eddie Nero, um, on the on the adult show and fucking you know we're going because they have plans. Um, so I'm going home for that. Um, or actually no, sorry. I think I'm debuting with the with the tag match with with Justy against Foxy and whoever. So that was going to be my in my debut. As doing that, 
that was, I was told that the Wednesday, the, the next day, uh, we had to close down because of lockdown. Yeah. Um, months go by, we reopen in June. Again, you know, things, are, you know, we have to do training through social distancing and all this kind of stuff. And then we ended up moving to Manhattan Road. And yeah. you mentioned the show, um, uh, Lock, Stock and Two Meters Apart, which is a great name for a show. <laughs> um, um, for, I, I, you know, debuted. I, I couldn't wrestle on that one because I was just back from a from a foot injury. Mm-hmm. Um, so while I, I was, I was fucking Jesus Christ, I was doing everything on that show. I was on the door. I was uh, working the hair cam. Uh, I was, I was the runner, and I was making my debut via video package. Um, the plan was that that was going to be the first. Uh, this is this is the one myself and Ellen agreed on. And, and by the way, as well. I gotta give a shout out to Bellum in the sense of like anytime I was ever like great guy, by the way. Um like when I was injured with my foot or even with my when I just hurt my shoulder before the first lockdown, he'd like go out of his way to drop me home and stuff like that. And you know, you know, when I was sitting on the sidelines of train when I come down train and watch and stuff, he'd come down sit with me for a while and you know, we'd talk plans and stuff and just check in with me and whatever. So shout out to him for that. Um you know, great dude that way. Uh, but like, he, he, you know, me and him agreed, okay, we're going to do the video promo, maybe another video promo, then we're going to do some kind of like, okay, you're in the crowd, you make an appearance in the crowd that you're watching someone or then maybe you make a run in to save someone or attack someone, depending on heel or face, which way we're going to go. Yeah. And, you know, we were going to really draw it out because with Man and Roll, we were going to do the studio face. Yeah, where we were going to do like, you know, fucking months worth of worth of like shows um, over the space of a weekend, and maybe you know release them weekly or monthly. I don't know what the what the full plan was, but that's just what I was guessing because we were going studio. Yeah, um, and the way we had it set up for that show was kind of pretty much the way it was going to be set up studio, which you know was going to work perfectly. Um, and again, you know, another lockdown. <laughs> And you know, we last man on the road. Uh, we have to go all the way up to Limerick. Um, in the meantime of all that, when we last man on the road, um, like I was fucking getting really stressed out because I was like, fucking, you know, I'm sick of it. I was getting really frustrated. I was getting pissed off. I just stop, stay out, stop, stay out. Um, you know, I was, you know, frustrated. You know, you know, personal life. You know, my as you know, I was engaged, and that that was going okay, but it wasn't. The fact that I was going to have to now go to travel to wrestle, uh, or you know, to train, yeah, was going to put a make things tough. But you know, um, so you know, Phoenix training facilities got moved up to Limerick uh, with Steve uh, housing it. Um, so basically, my schedule was like Monday I'd be in the gym, Tuesday I'm traveling up to Limerick to train, Wednesday gym, Thursday I'm traveling up to Dublin to train with Eye Factory. Mm-hmm. Uh, which, by the way, if fucking if anyone that's serious about be, like making it their career, get up to Fight Factory because, like, I, I was never really good at chain. I was okay. I could do a bit. I went up to Fight Factory, and I swear, after about three or four months, I was like, fucking Jesus! I thought I I, I improved ten tenfold. Like yeah. I was learning how to do the crippler cross first. And I, from going up to Fight Factory, I know about eight different ways to get into a cripple cross face. You know yeah. what I mean? It's just, oh, great school, great people as well. All the lads are sound out up there. Um, yeah, yeah. 
and they will look after you, and you know they'll see you right. Um, as will Hard Knocks and School of Irish Wrestling, and RCW if and when it opens at at school. But um, yeah. in the mean, in the midst of all that, you know, like I was like there was a breakdown in communication between me and Bedlam. Um, you know, I didn't want to be bothering him because I knew he was, you know, dealing with you know a loser man in road and you know having to relocate the school to. Limerick and having to run shows in Limerick and Cork and you know he was you know travelling between Dublin and Cork and, and Limerick and whatever and yeah. I didn't want to be bothering him and you know uh, but me and, in the midst of all that me and Sam I came up with a tag team the idea mm-hmm. to do Northside Grunge um, because Sam was kind of changed and he was growing up yeah. shout out to him as well because it's his birthday uh, this weekend I think um, oh. you know the, the boy's become a man <laughs> you know he's he's kind of you know he, he was shedding the sham bit and kind of going his own way especially in his own sense of style with the um you know with you know being grunge and rock and rock and roll and stuff like that and yeah we always had great chemistry together we were again he, he'd be on those journeys where we traveled you know Limerick and Dublin and stuff like that um with me and Ray O'Connor and shout out to Ray O'Connor as well no one works as hard as he Jesus Christ he was my training partner in the gym and in like traveling partner and everything and I swear to God if if ever there was a man that's going to make it it's not a question of if it's a question of when it's him but um, me and Sam you know we we came up with the idea for the tag team and Bedlam was going home for us he gave it the green light he was like yeah walk on it and come back to me tell him what you got and we walked on and we went back to him about it and he was like yeah I'm, I'm, I'm all set for that that, that works for me uh, he saw us wrestle as a tag team and like we are we were cooking. We had our tag team. We had our in-ring as a tag team. We were done. We we were on point. Um, he gave the green light to uh, for us to debut in March, 5th of March of last year as a tag team. We were going to debut as Northside Grunge yeah. against Sharpet uh, and CBL. Uh-huh. CBL, great fucking guy, by the way. Love him. Mm-hmm. Uh, shout out to Sharpet as well, Adam Farrell. He's, he's not wrestling anymore. You know, whatever he is, I hope he's doing well. Um, but a couple of days before that, on the 1st of March um, last year, I'm what was supposed to be my eight-year anniversary with my fiancé five years, uh, we ended ended up calling the quits. Uh, she, she, she ended up, you know, calling the quits uh, while I was on, you know, while I was in Limerick because uh, I was heading up to training. And... You know, we just talked on the phone. And I was like, okay, you know, that, like, look, we'll talk when I get back. And I got in the ring, we were doing flip bumps, and I jumped, didn't get enough rotation, and landed on the back of my head, like, like <sighs> as in, yeah. I will never forget two, th- two things about that night. Steve Savage screaming when I, when I was coming down. I'll never forget Steve screaming. And I'll never forget Sean Dunn just going, fucking hell, lad. And I just lay there for a second. And I'm like, yeah, I'm okay. And I just got up and just, you know, I was like, no, I'm okay. I just fucking, you know, I'm, I'm good. I'm, I'm going to get some water. And I was fine, finished training, whatever. I woke up the next day, my just got fucking pins and needles in my hands and feet. And I'm like, this isn't good. Yeah. This is not good. Um, but I'm like, I'm all over the place because I'm like, fucking my. I got to fix my relationship. Yeah. Um, she wanted, you know, we, we met up for a quick coffee. She just needed space. She just wanted space and then gave her space, whatever. 
grand. I look, I got a match the weekend. I got to fucking focus on. Uh, we got there that day, and the Saturday wrestling the match. I can, I, I, I can remember vividly. No, we walked out the match. It was a good match. Um, my kid brother came up for it as well, which was great. Um, I remember during the match, I, I was picking CBL up for one of our moves, which is a back. I give a backbreaker, and Sam comes off the middle with the elbow. Yeah, I was picking CBL up for a backbreaker, and I swear to God, I, I could like. My hands were going numb. I could barely hold them. Yeah. And that's when I was like, oh, fuck. Oh, fuck. This is not good. So I, I hit him with the move anyway, and everything was safe. But there, there was no other kind of lifting moves, you know, from my end. So I was like, okay, I don't have to really put anyone at risk. Yeah. Uh, rest of the match goes off grind. Um, you know, fucking... They, they go over. I go to the back. Everyone, I come through the court and everyone's clapping and I'm like, I can, I, I, I'm numb. Because uh-huh. I'm, I'm like half smiling and I'm like, oh, yeah, good. And, and you know, the, the LJ comes out there, you know, Martin stares, you know, the, you know, he had a big smile on his face, he came over, well done, you know, and all this kind of, you know, everyone came over, you know, I was, you know, wishing us well done and stuff, you know, they were delighted. Um, and, you know, LJ said, yeah, that was good, you know, it's, it's one or two things to work on, but how do you feel? And I was like, yeah, yeah, I feel good, you know. I, I just sat down and I, you know took the tape off and you know, I, you know I thanked the boys for the match and whatever and yeah sat down and I was taking off my books and I was like I just I, just, I was like what the fuck I, I didn't know what to think where I was um I, I went out to, to go to the Jackson I, I, I remember I passed my younger brother and I just I threw on my jeans and a hoodie obviously so I just passed my younger brother and I you know, stooped down to talk to him for a bit and I swear to God, the look in his eyes, I, like he was delighted, he thought it was great and whatever, the look he had in his eyes was like, he had that, I hadn't seen that look in his eyes since I was like, since he was seven. You know, mm-hmm. he looked at me like I was his hero again, which was awesome. Yeah. Yeah. That kind of cheered me up a bit, you know, and, you know, I got back and, you know, I was talking with Jade, you know, a couple of boys, JDP and all these guys and, you know, chatting away and laughing, joking, I was kind of getting on my phone and I remember Beldam asked me a question, he was like, how's your feeling? And I was like, I, I didn't know how to answer him. I didn't know what to tell him. Yeah. I just said, dude, I feel like a wrestler. I said, well, fucking the marriage is fucking over. My neck is killing me. You know, I feel <laughs> like a wrestler. <laughs> you know, and he was like, oh, no, you did very well, man. You know, probably you can do one or two things to work on. Um, fucking sit down, watch the show. You know, we had to drag Connor out after his match with Terry Thatcher and drag him to the back. And, you know, then there was the whole, you know, um, Titanic lads were ripping the ring apart and whatever. Um, yeah. After that, I got home and I was like, uh, I fucking, my neck was killing me. My head was killing me. Uh, met up with Danielle, which, by the way, you know, wherever she is, Danielle Daly, wherever they are in the world, whatever they have in surf. Uh, we said, you know, we said, our friend goodbyes, whatever. Um, and then I, you know, went to the doctor about my, uh, told them what happened. And they were like, oh, it was, it was Dr. Mohammed Mutumbo. He was the on-call doctor. I'll never uh-huh. forget this. Walking, he's telling me, uh, oh, you've the soft tissue damage, uh, nerve damage. Um, you want pills? I'm like, no, I'm like, do I go for a scan or you know, what's the story? Where can I can I wrestle again? Or oh, you'll be fine, it could take a couple of weeks, couple of months, you know. You want pills? And I'm like, okay, you know, I didn't know I'm good, thanks, but I, I, I just left the room straight away and yeah, booked, a, booked an appointment with my own doctor when he came back. Um, 
which, you know, sent me for x-rays and stuff like that. Nothing broken, nothing fractured. Uh, it is, you know, soft tissue damage, nerve damage, which, like, even, like, still to this day, like, I do sometimes still get tin, pins and needles and tingling in my hands and my feet yeah. and stuff like um my neck does still stiffen up my lower back is messed up it is I, I i have to stretch my back like twice a day but you know um it, it's it's like nothing serious to say that i you know like i i you know i wasn't like oh you were this close to being paralyzed or anything like that it was nothing too serious on that scale yeah um but i had a monster of a concussion to the point where i had like post-concussion syndrome and shit oh, like, and that was just yeah Oh, the headaches were just, and the headaches would dictate my mood. So I was either pissed off or depressed or, you know, so, cause I was just, the pain was just so much. So I like fucking, once I took some time off, I, I took some time off work uh, at the start of this year and just like, okay, I need to like properly take a break and healed and fucking neck felt better, back felt better, headaches were gone. And I decided to think it's a good idea to maybe try and make a comeback. <laughs> So, reach out to Steve. He's more than well, more than happy to welcome me up to Hernox. I go up for a session with with LJ. Everything's going great. I'm like, oh fuck, there's there's you know I can roll and stand up on the one go and I can do an up and over and in and out and okay, everything's going okay. Whoa, next session, trainer match against uh, Francis Morso, which you know went perfectly well except for the finish. <laughs> I come off the middle with the with the uh, forearm, you know. He's on the ground. I come off it, you know, the Bret Hart elbow drop yeah. from the middle rope. I come off of that. He moves. I come up. Now, instead of me, like, coming up to my knees, I come up to my feet and hunch over because he's going to give me his curb stamp. Yeah. I don't kick my legs out. I go straight down. And, like, the front of my, my head here. And like fucking that's it, pin one, two, three, grand, everything's fine. And I'm like, oh, that hurt. And that's that's kind of when I like that's kind of when I came to the realization of I think I'm done. Mm-hmm. I think I think like between almost breaking my neck and my back and you know losing them. Like, I, I jokingly when I say I lost the marriage to, to wrestling, we weren't married, but it wasn't odd because of wrestling. Um, you know, I joke when I say that, but like, oh, fuck, that hurt like hell. And I have, I, I've walked in the morning. Mm. I think I'm, yeah, look, I'm 30, I'm 31 years of, I'm 30 years of age. I ain't making it to the WWE. Hell, I fucking barely made it to fuck a Phoenix show. I think I'm done. So I, I, I remember then that weekend, Gallicini was running a, a little gym show up in Limerick and he needed a referee, which I did. So I got to, you know, kind of go up the way I came in referee show and it was, it went, it went perfectly. And yeah, I kind of, I didn't, um, I haven't wrestled. I haven't been around wrestling since, except for, you know, I went to the last show in the Kino, which was yeah. unbelievable. And I got to give a shout out to Raven Creed and Raven O'Connor because they made, that match made me fall in love with wrestling again. And oh. I absolutely, oh, I was unbelievable. Wow. It was, if that, if, if that, if, if it's not the feud of the year, then that match alone has to win match of the year. It's probably the best match I've ever seen as a wrestler, referee, fan in, in the crowd. It was just, it was perfect. So, yeah. 
Yeah, I mean, listen, if 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 two people on on the scene are gonna make you fall back in love at wrestling, you know, it's good. It's going to be them. Yeah, it's <laughs> exactly. going to be them. Jesus, man, that's um, that's some some heavy stuff there. There's some heavy stuff in that. Um, yeah, yeah. Like I know. I, I didn't want to take a break because I knew if I took a break, I would, you know, I had to keep going. I had to power it through. Um, but yeah, no, was, look. you had me as hooked as Eddie Nero did. Uh, Eddie, Eddie, yeah. I said, did I say the name right? I did. Yeah, you did, Eddie. Yeah, you got it right first time. <laughs> I doubted myself there for a second. <laughs> you, you should. After after all the times you've mentioned me on other podcasts, the one where I'm actually on, you get it wrong. <laughs> I know. Yeah, of all, that's so typical. That's like the time I nearly called um, Fabian Edwards. He's uh, Leon Edwards' brother. Leon Edwards, <laughs> the UFC welterweight. I was like, how's it going, Leon Fabian? <laughs> <laughs> But um, you had me as hooked as an Eddie Nero promo. I got there in the end. <laughs> we got there in the end. But uh, yeah, no, like, listen, that that's, I think that just goes to show, though, like, you know, obviously, we know as wrestling fans, you know, how hard it is to get involved, just to get involved in the business, never mind bloody be successful in it. Um, I think a lot of people on the outside don't, well, pretty much everyone on the outside doesn't realize that. And I think when people hear stories like that, you would hope it gives them a new perspective on what people go through to just get a bloody booking, never mind get a contract with WWE, AEW, yeah. even get a booking in Dublin or UK or whatever. Like it's 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 really, really intense. And it's you know, it's 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 brutal. It is so brutal, physically, mentally, like in every way possible. And it's just I don't think anyone anyone will actually fully appreciate it until they either experience it or they see someone go through it. Yeah, yeah, and like fucking, it it sucks on like so many levels when I got hurt because like like when when I finally got checked out and scanned and stuff like my doctor just said to me, look, this is probably something you shouldn't do ever again. But look, you are good to go. It's you know, it's not like your neck or your back is broken, but it's still something you probably should never do again. Mm-hmm. Um. And that was just like a word of advice. Like, of course, a, of course, a doctor is not going to recommend you to fucking be a professional wrestler. Nobody would. Yeah. It's a hard, hard business and a hard, hard life. I'll put it to you this way. And you just to, just to kind of give a different perspective to the point you were trying to make. Mm-hmm. I used to hate John Cena. When I, when I got into wrestling and actually took bumps and, and, underst- and worked out the psychology and what you have to go through, I fucking so much respect for the man. Yeah. Because, like, it's, Jesus Christ, it's not easy. When it was, it's not easy anyway. It's not meant to be easy. Yeah. But my God, like, and he's been doing that for 20 years. Yeah. How the fuck? Thank God he's been like a brick shit host because, like, my God, my hip still hurts. <laughs> it's that story <laughs> of, uh, when he wrestled Batista at SummerSlam 2008, and obviously he injured his mm-hmm. neck in the match, and he got surgery, I don't know, was it like, that week or whatever, but he got the surgery and he left the hospital when he woke up and still went to the to, to TV just to say hi to everybody. Like didn't, yeah. didn't go to bed, didn't go to, didn't rest. He just he just just went to TV and was like, hey, how's it going? Like that's hi guys. Hi guys, hi, how you doing? <laughs> to be fair, though, to be fair, I did randomly show up to training a couple uh, once once on crutches without telling anyone and once in the sling without that. But actually, no, I think I I think I told Bell that I was in the sling. <laughs> so yeah, you know, I, I've done that myself. But but still, that's just like to that extreme is just like you dude, you literally had your neck and spine opened just yeah. a couple of hours ago. You you 
you were in traction before then. You probably shouldn't be up and moving around, let alone going to fucking work, essentially. <laughs> to see your workmates. What a guy. What, what a, a guy. man. What a man. But like, it's... And that's why, like, I'm telling you here and now, I know for a fact, it's not a matter of if, it's not a, it's a matter of when that Raven Creed and Rayon O'Connell and, and, and LJ Cleary and that's like, they're going to make it the whole oh, yeah. way. 100%. Because the fucking work they put in, dude, it's like, I've been, like, I've been to the gym with, especially like Rayon and, and, and Raven, like, I've been to the gym with them both and, you know, we've traveled together and, and, like they're so dedicated, mm. and like, like if ever there's a there's like a pair that will make it, because they have to make it, because they deserve to make it. It's fucking them, and if yeah. they don't, the system is fucked. There's something wrong. Like if they don't, I, there's something wrong. I I don't want to like, I don't want to speak out of line here. I I I think. Like I, I agree with everything you say. I think LJ is pretty much already in the states. I think that's that's pretty much done. I think it's just you know, <laughs> it's not a matter of if it's a matter of when. Definitely on his case, but yeah. like he, he's he's just he's he's I fucking cannot speak highly enough of him. In like he, there's little nuances that people in the crowd don't. Like he's literally like step by step told me where to be in matches and I've gone back and watched it and I'm like I can't fucking, I know he's done it but I can't see him doing it here it's it's re, it's he's like a magician it's crazy he's he's just something else uh, he's uh, loves a chicken hot by the way oh really? LJ clearly loves a chicken hot you hold it here first I'm dropping I'm dropping everyone in it today boys <laughs> Raven Creed's a Brighton Hove Albion fan and chicken, LJ clearly he loves himself a chicken hot down in Limerick um, it's the only reason he goes down there I'm joking <laughs> <laughs> um, but no he's like I remember and you were on some of the calls the the, the skull classes the, yeah, yeah. on the Saturday nights where we talk about the matches that we've seen during the week and like his knowledge is just fuck, it's amazing. It's, it's he's like ridiculous. the brainiac of wrestling. Yeah, like, he's pointing out things that you just. Why are you looking for that? You know that <laughs> kind of way. Like you wouldn't even notice it, and he notices it. He's just, yeah. and it, and he just, it, it's it's a passion thing with with him, with mm. uh, with Raven, with Reardon, with Mountain Stairs. Mountain Stairs is another one. Okay, so if, if LJ Clary, if we're taking okay, if 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 LJ Clary's already in the States, Mayo Stairs is another one that's gonna fucking just be is is gonna make it and has to make it because he deserves to make it. Because again, yeah. the work ethic and the fucking just the fact that he's one an all-round zone guy. Um you know, his work ethic and everything and like just the fucking how good he is. How good he is is just amazing. Yeah. 100%. And like, that's why, and like, I, I guess it must be a fight factory thing, but like, at the same token, you know, Connor's a product of fucking Cork, and so is MM. They're just gonna absolutely blow it up when, as I said, it's not a matter of if it's a matter of when. And on that, you, know, you mentioned that uh, 
Raven and, and, and Reardon had the, the match that made you fall back in love with wrestling. And I remember, obviously, we were out for the FA Cup final, which I really don't want to talk about. But uh... <laughs> We won't, we won't. But you have to imagine my surprise. I, I look over and I'm like, oh my God, I'm actually going to watch the FA Cup final with the fucking, probably one of the most painful United fans in the world. Well, that was quite a bad game, so at least you got that. <laughs> 11 seconds, she'd asked it. Fucking 11 seconds. It listens longer than I've normally. Uh, we won't go there. Um, <laughs> we 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 were we were speaking that night, and uh, you know uh, that was the week before the the RCW show that you attended. That was the last one, wasn't it? That was the last RCW show. Yes, it was. Yeah. yeah. Um, you know that was uh, obviously it was a great show, and obviously you were there, and you just mentioned about that match making you fall back in love at wrestling. Obviously, as well, you mentioned that uh, you know it's looking like RCW are going to have a, a school soon around Cork. Now, don't you don't have to take this necessarily as you coming back to be to being an in ring wrestler, but listen, you, you've you've done refereeing, you know, you've got a great mind for the business. You, clear, you clearly you love it. Like as wrestling fans, we all go through phases where we think we don't love it, and then you realize something makes you realize that yeah, like this is just a part of who I am. Is there any chance you think in the near future that you'd like to get back involved in the business in some capacity? <sighs> Never say never, mm-hmm. but I am in a really great place right now in my life. Yeah, and if it ain't broke, don't fix it, type of thing, you know. Um, and as well, like I, I wouldn't want to like, and this is me. If I went back, I'd only get my own hopes up that fucking I could have one more go at it. Yeah, and I'd end up braining myself and fucking, or you know getting injured again and then having to go through the heartbreak of, of that all over again. And I could, you know, fuck it. I don't, I, you know, I, I don't want to get my hopes up for them to be dashed. So yeah. get involved. Yeah. I mean, if I'm needed, if I'm wanted, absolutely. It, you know, um, you know, it's a conversation probably I'd have to have with, um, with whoever's on the show, you know, um, yeah, look, never say never in terms of in terms of in ring as as wrestling. Never say never. Probably like I said, dude, I'm 31 years of age. I'm in a great place in my life. You know, yeah. I don't want to go mess with that right now. But yeah, look, right now, right now, my my job or like with my job, I'm I'm happy enough with you know my life, family, friends. You know, shout out as well to. She knows who she is. Um, you know, I'm 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 in a great place. Um, and I, I'm I'm looking forward to buying my ticket tomorrow, payday for the 9th of September. Oh, and being a fan and just you know enjoying, enjoying the show and enjoying seeing Sam versus Jay Money because it was just announced. My boy, what? I want to see my boy do do the business. Um. <laughs> And you know Rayon O'Connor and Raven Creed are probably going to mix it up again because her words, you know, still rang true. They don't know where they're going to be. But she's going to get the hands on them. And, like, she's, she, wants, she wants that victory back. She's pissed. I've never seen her like this before. Um, you know, after fucking LJ Clearly versus Mark Ed, uh, Andrews. Yeah, that's going to be unbelievable. That's going to be a banger. You get, you get the best seat in the host as well. Yeah, I'm, oh, I'm, looking, I'm looking forward to that one. Like, yeah, like, oh, that's the one thing I, I used to love as well about refing. Like, you know how they used to say, oh, yeah, you have this, this amount of time? I never used to fucking look at the watch. 
<laughs> yeah, I, I don't even have one. Because <laughs> I swear to God, I just fall in love with what I'm looking at, and I just forget about the time, and I'm just, just fucking let it, let him do it. Yeah. yeah. Um. But look, as I said, in terms of the RCW school, I wish them all the best. If they need anything or need my help or support in any way, you know, I'll always be happy to lend it. And look, fucking getting involved again. It's a conversation I'll have to have with whoever. And we'll see uh, in terms of physically. Never say never. But right now, I'm, I'm enjoying my retirement. I'm enjoying I'm enjoying eating whatever I want and not having to get up at crazy hours to go to the gym. That's 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 nice. <laughs> I'm busy, <laughs> that's, basically, that's what I'm trying honest. to say. That's really I'm, nice. <laughs> I, I'm enjoying being a lazy bastard. <laughs> no, that it, it's it's that, that's the simple things in life that like it's the you simple know, things. You just it just it's nothing complicated. You just it's just there. You can enjoy it and happy out. You know what I mean. <laughs> Absolutely, man. That's what's all about. Like, um, you gotta actually speak of the simple things. You got, next time we're having our little Ford soccer Saturday, you gotta come up from Klein and join us, man. You you'll enjoy it. It's great fun. Hundred percent. I just knowing my luck, it'll be a weekend where we get fucking whacked. Where 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 United get whacked? Oh yeah. Every time. Every time I go. Out- I swear to God, it, we only. I'm not going to lie, dude. I'm not going to lie. I thought you meant a different kind of whack, and I'm like, dude, I get whacked every weekend <laughs> anyway. Yeah, that would be that would be like I've said it to you just beforehand. I want to like <laughs> you. It doesn't you want like to. me. <laughs> it's okay. It's okay. It really does not like me. I think it's it must be a foxy fan or something. I don't know. <laughs> Thankfully, you know what? That's something to thank God. Nobody has said that to me for a while. You're not foxy, but I because I've said it now, I'm I've probably just set myself up. Oh my god, when you whenever you get a we want foxy chant, it's the, you just you just you feel like shit like it's so it's weird. I I, I used to honestly, I used to be like oh, fuck you, like I'm I'm doing my best. Yeah, <laughs> you know what I mean? But it's just like I think my thing with that was look. He's not here. I'm here. And if you're annoyed, well, then it's just going to make me want to show up even more so that you can, you know, either you, either you learn to like it or get out of here. And I think I, li- I like that the, I have the power. <laughs> yeah, that's true. I used to, like, whenever they used to stay out, the, uh, we went jog- Foxy chant. I remember what happened the first time it happened to me. We went Foxy. I, I looked down and I think it was actually Ryan O'Connor was in the ring and I just said, yeah, so the way. And he was just like, oh. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, yeah, I was like, yeah, so do I. I was like, oh, don't be like that. And then, oh. you know, it all went, it all went okay. Oh, it it all worked out in the end. Shout Foxy. out to Foxy. He's a great guy. Honestly, he's he been, actually a, he's been is. He's been a huge help, and I'm sure he was, you know, I'm sure your interaction. Oh, he was great. Well, but, he yeah. was great. He he used to take the piss out of me, something fierce, though, because um, I used to wear the earrings and fucking, you know, I used to tuck my shirt in because... I, I only had like the fucking black Jack Daniels belt buckle belt and he'd be like oh, fucking you think you're blinging, blinging, bringing bling to refereeing or something trying to bring sexy back to refereeing only I can bring sexy back to refereeing I'm like Foxy you are the sexiest bastard alive no doubt about it you fucking you you go out there you moonwalk you do the fucking warm you are the man 100% Foxy's the man he is I, I he dare is. I say right Foxy is the greatest referee in the world independently I think, yeah, I don't think there's really much of a debate about that, to be honest. Do you know what I mean? There's no other referee. What other referee has their own entrance? Do you know yeah, what I mean? Exactly. I mean, like, you know, me, me Luke and Bedlam, you know, I'm oh, okay, no, that doesn't count. But, you know, uh, no, but Foxy, yeah, he is 100%. Like, I mean, like, when you think of 
I mean, I, admittedly, I don't see as much independent stuff now as I used to, but like everyone knows who Foxy is, you know? Like there's other promotions yeah. like ICW, WXW. I have no idea who the referees are there. World renowned, the world renowned Foxy. 100%. Dennis Murphy, you have to add that into the intro, buddy. The world renowned <laughs> Foxy. That, that we want that and we need it. Dennis, get on that, buddy, with your sexy waistcoats. <laughs> right. I've got some lovely little uh, quick fire questions here to wrap it up. I think this could be a nice, little, uh, a nice little way to kind of you know get some of those. I I I asked the generic stuff at the start to get some more here, but some nice stuff in here. So we'll see how we go. All wrestling related, of course. Let's all right, it. all right. Right. Favorite current wrestler? LA Knight. Solid shout. Solid shout. Favorite wrestler of all time? I already know the answer to this, but tell the masses. Shawn Michaels. Oh, shit. I didn't know the answer. I thought it was Triple H. I'm just fucking with you. It is Triple H. Oh, fuck it. <laughs> it actually worked me there. I'm not going to lie. That's, no, it's Triple H. Always. Oh, I just you see, I like to fuck with people because you know I got the Shawn Michaels inspired tattoo on the arm. So <laughs> and you got the DX. So I suppose that could be Triple H as well. But you know what I mean? It is not Triple H. He's yeah, absolutely. Yeah, listen, one of the goats. One of the goats. Uh, favorite match of all time: <sighs> Triple H versus Cactus Jack, Royal Rumble, two thousand Street Fight at the Garden. Banger, banger! I know two different people who said that was the match that got them into wrestling. Really. Yeah, Adam Blampier and Luke Owen of uh, of Wrestle Talk. They both both of them said that pay per view got them into wrestling, but that match in particular was uh, it's like their earliest memory, and it's what got them hooked. Fuck. So it it is a classic. It is a classic. A mongrel uh, company. Yeah. <laughs> uh, favorite weekly wrestling show at the moment. Ooh, um, I would say SmackDown. I would agree with that. Yeah. I would agree with that. Who do you think is the greatest wrestler of all time? Shawn Michaels. Greatest in ring performer. Could cut a promo. He could brawl. He could high fly. He was technically gifted. Shawn Michaels. Yeah. Pretty self-explanatory, really. Um... Yeah, sure. Again, someone else who I never got to see live, but fucking what a what a star. Uh, favorite tag team of all time. Ooh, ah, the Dudley Boys. And I got I, I gotta give an honorable mention to Bear Money. Yeah, that's a good show. Fucking gotta give an honorable mention to Bear Money. And uh, fucking James Storm. Forgot his name there for a second. <laughs> Sorry about your damn luck. I saw oh, there you it. go. Fucking banger of a theme song as well. Absolutely, I have it on my playlist. It came <laughs> on the other day. I walk. I walk with a guy named Phil Beeler. Shout out to Phil Beeler from New Haven, Connecticut. Hey Ryan, how you doing? <laughs> hey, hey, what the fuck is that, man? That sounds like some great country shit that I'd listen to back home at WKPLR. Let me tell you something. Like Connecticut, yeah. Connecticut, Vince McMahon. There's a connection there, Ryan. Come on. Ah uh, no, man, he 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 doesn't know Vince. He you know he lives in Hartford. That's like you know the poor part of Connecticut because it's all fucking rich. I've lost my questions. Oh, here we go. Uh, <laughs> favorite favorite wrestling video game. Oh sh. Ah. Oh. 
that's a good one. You know what? I'm going to say WWE 2K13 because they did the attitude error on that one. Yeah, that was, yeah, that was, uh, I remember the um, the gameplay on that was like, at that time, I was like, holy shit. Yeah, yeah. It's a bit of a forgotten game. The badass cover as well with CM Punk. Absolutely, yeah, yeah. And fucking, ah, oh, the cutscenes and just, oh, it was awesome. They had everyone. The, the roster, it was a great roster as well. Yeah, 100%. 100%. And the last one here, a nice little question to end on. Let's reminisce in some old times. Favorite memory in wrestling, whether it's watching a show, being at a show, training, whatever it is, what's your favorite memory that you've had in this weird and wild world that we love? <sighs> Shit. Favorite memory. Okay. Um, watching WrestleMania 31 with my kid brother. It was the last WrestleMania. We used to always watch WrestleMania together, but watching WrestleMania 31 was special to us because we'd always watch TNA on a Saturday night and Sting was off a guy on TNA. And, you know, Triple H is my favorite wrestler. And that was, you know, the two of them coming together in that one-on-one match. And we we, we ordered pizza. We fucking moved the couch right in front of the flat screen. That was us. And he's an Orton fan. So, of course, when he did that epic, epic RKO to Rollins off of the Corp Stamp of Austin. We popped huge, so yeah. That's a great thing. That's, that's one. That's one that's of my favorite things yeah. of all time as well. It's a banger of a show. Taker's comeback against Bray Wyatt. That's that's an underrated Taker match. I feel. I, I think yeah, that's I a think, great match. I think it was because um, obviously he'd had the streak end the year before, and people thought mm. like because obviously he got the concussion and whatnot, and it didn't exactly go the way that he would have liked. But uh, it, it was nice for him to be able to prove in that match. And I, it, even when he had the other matches, Emma Brock, that like he hadn't lost, that it was just unfortunately a bad night in 2014. But he, he more than made up for it. Afterwards, man, one one bad night, one bad night. Exactly, exactly. Ryan, this has been uh, an absolute pleasure. I'm really, really glad that we got to do this. Um, I hope that uh, I hope that you've enjoyed it. I have. It's been great, man. It's been great. Thanks for having me. I've listened. No worries at all. Uh, it's great to see you around the the scene again. Listen, whether it's a, as a fan or whether you know you end up getting involved in it again, I think it's just great to have your presence around because you're a great fella. Um, honestly, you'd say you're proud to say you're one of the 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 nicest people that I've, I've met in wrestling. And um, no, it's a pleasure to call you a friend. Thank you, my brother. Likewise, likewise, man. I'm de- and by the way, I'm delighted to see how well you're doing with the refereeing and and in life as well, man. You seem like you're in a great place. And then that's all I want for everybody, man. Everybody to just be just be happy and be good doing it. Uh, lad, that's much appreciated. Listen, thank you again for coming on, and uh, hopefully we'll see you soon. Not about I'll see you at the next show, my man. Take care, brother. Good luck. And there we have it. I honestly have not enjoyed a podcast like that in so, so long. It was great to catch up with Ryan again. Uh, great story there. Like, that is such a... There's a lot of, it was a lot of heavy stuff in there, but it's so great to hear how open he is about it, how he's in such a great place in life right now. And he said it there at the end, you know, as much as we'd all love to see him back in the wrestling world... If it ain't broke, don't fix it. If you're happy in the setting that you are currently in, then don't ever feel pressured into changing something just for the sake of it. I think that was a, a really great insight there from a, from a really, really great guy. But yeah, lads, I really hope you enjoyed this episode. It's great to be back again. I shall be updating you all soon with an update on the show. 
It will no longer be a one-man show. I think I've already kind of hinted towards that previously. Alex will be joining me on here as a co-host. We've got a lot of exciting things coming up in the background. And uh, hopefully we'll have a few interviews, uh, a few more interviews, I should say, on here as well. Not just from people within the wrestling world, but from people all over the place. All over the gaff, as we like to say here in the country of Ireland. But uh, yeah, no lads, it's been great talking to you all again. Uh, Really, really enjoyed this episode. Cannot wait to start doing this regularly again and for one last time let's enjoy a classic wrestling promo it's how i used to end all the episodes on here previously this is probably the last time i'm gonna do it but fuck it it's a great way to go out with an episode like this i really really appreciate it lads make sure that you leave a uh, rating on the podcast on spotify as well that's something i probably need to get a bit more on top of uh stay tuned to my uh, social media i'll leave the links and stuff below uh, for updates about the future of the show and until next time talk to you all later i don't run from my past I'm not a good person. I never have been a good person. You think one match makes someone the best? You think one match makes a man the best? You think putting a belt around your waist one time makes it you the best? I got news for you. What makes you the best is coming to this ring and defending a title night after night, month after month, year after year. That's what makes you the best. And that's what I've done. And whether you like it or not, I have beaten them all. And that's why this morning, when I got up, I looked at myself in the mirror, and I still knew without a shadow of a doubt that I am the best at what I do, that I am the greatest professional wrestler alive today!